I have been fed, that's a fact. I have been fed, that's a fact. My credit card purchases get me cash back. My credit card purchases get me cash back. No one else gets these rewards. Sergeant, that is just plain untrue. What in tarnation? Sir, PenFed's PowerCash Rewards Card isn't just for military members. Anyone can get cash back on all purchases. Ah, friggins! You've ruined my favorite song. PenFed Credit Union. Visit penfed.org slash powercash. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. Bring the big guns out Shoot now I'll make the drums beat harder for you Hey, what's going on, podcast listeners, podcast people? This is a new episode of Billboard's Pop Shop Podcasts Headliner Interview Edition where we sit down for a talk with someone in the music world I think you'll find really inspiring. My name's Chris Payne. I'm a staff writer here at Billboard. Fletcher is my guest this week. She's a newer Pop singer on the scene has one EP out there. It's called Finding Fletcher. It's really good. You'll hear some of it in the show. You heard some of it at the top of the show just now, a few seconds. Uh, Fletcher, what should I say about her? Before she was solo, she was on the X Factor in a group called Lakota Rain. That was during the show's 2011 season. Uh, They broke the top 10, didn't win. So that whole thing didn't really catch on, but I do think you're going to hear a lot more from her solo stuff. That's just Fletcher. She recently graduated NYU, so she really is, in a lot of ways, just beginning her career, recent college graduate, and she's already got a lot to share about how to break yourself as a pop artist these days with music videos, streaming, songwriting, the role of the live show, how it's changed over the years. She's got a lot to share about her journey so far. If you're an aspiring musician, I think there's a lot to take away here, and yeah, there's still a lot ahead for her. She's working on her debut album right now. She's got an update on how that's coming along. That's later in the show. She's really in an interesting place. Been doing music for a long time in her life, but just starting to really get momentum as a solo artist. So uh, when you're done with the show, rate the show. Give us a star rating at Pop Shop, Pop Shop Podcast, either on iTunes or just search in your, in the, in your phone, the podcast app for Pop Shop. Write and review. All your feedback helps so much. You'll hear more from me at the end of the show, but here it is. Here's my chat with Fletcher. Enjoy. Fletcher, what's up? Hello. Welcome to Billboard. Thank you so much for having me. This is a cool space. Thank you. Thank you so much. It's in the middle of the heart of Midtown, so I I take a, a cool compliment very highly. Yes. Ex- yes. It totally is in the heart of Midtown. But so once you step out of here, there's nothing remotely cool about Nothing at all. Are. Absolutely not. But well, I don't want to be too hard on my home turf right now, but... Do you live around this area? I live in Williamsburg. Okay. Well, that's cool. So and that's the real home area. Yeah, the home turf. I mean, people can easily talk shit about Williamsburg, too, so I won't get too offended about that. Exactly. So you're also sort of on your home turf now because you went to NYU. Yes, I am kind of on my home turf. Yeah, I I just graduated from NYU in May. Congratulations. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. Yeah, so I'm sure we'll get to, because your career in music has gone through some different phases, and I'm sure we'll get to all sorts of parts of it as you've gone along. But as becoming Fletcher and performing on your own, finding Fletcher, did that come together as a New York thing when you were at NYU? 
Um, so it definitely had its, you know, infancy stages while while I was at NYU and like really started to take off there. So um, I was at the Clive Davis Institute of Recorded Music in NYU Tisch. And um, I was there for about a year and a half. And then I took a leave of absence and went down to Nashville for about six months where I wrote and recorded an entire EP. And, um, you know, I was like, do I want to go by like Carrie Fletcher or, you know, and I was like making it a lot more of a think, you know, of a thought process than it really had to be. And, uh, you know, like coming up with names and whatnot. And then I was all of my, I played volleyball in high school and, um, a lot of my friends just like, a lot of people just called me by my last name. Right. Fletcher. The last name and so, Fletcher. Yeah. And so I was just like, you know what? It's cool. It's like gender ambiguous, which I think is badass. Um, and uh, I just, I was like, why not? Just keep it close to home. Just go with the last name. So that's kind of really, you know, yeah, definitely at NYU is where the project sort of started coming about and when I started releasing it. And the EP you mentioned is the one that's out now, the one you did in Nashville. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, the, the EP that I did down in Nashville is the one that I just put out in September through Spotify. And they've been like incredibly supportive and rallying behind the music, which has been super amazing. So I feel like that has to do with where the banjo comes in. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I uh, so I'm from a, a small town in New Jersey that's like surrounded by a lot of different horse farms. And it's it's really, really beautiful and green. And um, and when I went down to Nashville, I was just like having such home vibes. But it also just has this city feel as well, which I was like combining like New York City, where I had spent so much of um, my childhood and, you know, my time at NYU and sort of the vibes from from home. And it just I really wanted it to have this like definitely pop feel, but um, incorporating more natural organic elements. And that's where like the banjo and cello and sort of steel pedal guitar instruments like that kind of came into play. Yeah, and specifically I'm talking about Warpaint, and that was the first song that you shared as Fletcher. Yeah. And I guess not a ton of straight-up pop music using the banjo these days. Yeah, and so I I definitely haven't... uh... I haven't heard banjo in a lot of stuff. I mean, when I was when I was writing my EP, I was listening to a lot of um, Ed Sheeran, Lord, and the band Fun. And so, you know, the the chorus is, you know, like Warpaint has that sort of big anthemic chorus with like the um, the big tom drums that the sort of vibe that Fun has. I was definitely a big fan of them and um, the sort of talky rhythmic syncopated verses because um, I'm a huge fan of Ed Sheeran. I just love the way he does that singy rap kind of thing. I think it's yeah. so badass. Yeah. So definitely want to do that in a couple of my songs too and where in new jersey are you from like what's the town because i'm from new jersey too i probably so know it. i'm from um i'm from wall township in new okay. jersey so it's like asbury park belmar point pleasant like that whole kind oh, of all right all the, right the shore area it all gets sort of blended together yeah and, <laughs> as and, the jersey shore <laughs> yeah, as as it goes um exactly me and most of my high school spent uh prom weekend at Belmar. Oh no way! Where'd you go, DJs? Man, I don't remember. I don't know. <laughs> I don't think we got. I don't. I. I oh, you said high school. Oh, you definitely would not have gotten into Bar A in high in school. <laughs> <laughs> I literally couldn't get in there last summer, and I'm I was of age. And they're like, um, "We can't accept your passport." I was like, "How more, like, specific of an identification can you get? This is a joke." So. I wasn't happy about that, but it's a fun bar. <laughs> I mean, I have some friends from home who take bar A really seriously. I'll, I do too. Trust me. Do you know all the locations around there where Jersey Shore was filmed? 
Yeah, I mean, it was it was filmed uh, mostly in Seaside. Like, they just rented a beach house in Seaside. and That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's where I went for prom weekend. I wasn't that's where you I went. I was in Seaside. Okay, yeah, yeah that's a yeah. whole different ball game down there. See, I don't even remember this. Seaside gives Jersey a really bad rep. It does, but this is a safe space this is for a this safe conversation. Space. Yeah, totally. Just totally. as when we speak about Midtown, it's something that... It's like when you make fun of your little brother or sister, but you wouldn't <laughs> let someone else come in and make fun <laughs> yeah. of them. You oh, get exactly. Because if somebody else came and they're like, oh, Jersey's trash, I'd be like, mm, but you don't really know what you're talking about. But when I get on here, I'm like, I wouldn't necessarily totally disagree with that in some parts. I try to call it New Jersey when I'm speaking to someone who. I do too. Right? I don't say Jersey. Yeah. I say, like, I'm originally from New Jersey. Jersey's just for people who get it already. Exactly. <laughs> like, yeah, from Jer- the Dirty Jersey. <laughs> so there's all sorts of locations that probably in some way go into your music. Mm-hmm. Maybe when you drop that that techno remix, that trance remix, maybe that's where Belmar comes in. Maybe. It totally, I just might be getting in touch with my inner Guida and just like putting out those vibes. We'll see what happens. <laughs> you never know. Weirder shit has happened. <laughs> <laughs> and with... The project getting started at NYU and you're just living in, I guess, did you live in like the Lower East Side somewhere? Yeah, I did. Um, So I lived in the Lower East Side and then my last two years I spent um, in Greenwich Village, which is like a really beautiful area just right kind of on NYU campus. Yeah. The Billboard office actually used to be right by there. I know exactly where it was on 9th Street. 770 Broadway. Yeah. Good spot. So what was, I mean, I'm interested in what that, I guess you could call it a scene or just what that community was like. Were, were you coming up with lots of other musicians who were doing similar things as you were? Maybe probably other people looking to get into the music industry? It was really amazing because it was the first time in my life that I had been surrounded by so many like-minded people. Um, and the Clive Davis Institute really has a sort of um, a, a background and a real sort of grasp on the importance of, you know, what it means for an artist to develop themselves in a more entrepreneurial mindset rather than, you know, just the struggling artist or producer or writer or whatever. Um, So it was really, it really makes a lot of the students way more well-rounded and like prepared for, you know, things to come. Um, And it was really cool because I was surrounded by some amazing other musicians and some of like the most badass girls that I look up to in the music industry right now. And some who are my dear friends like Maggie Rogers and, Oh, you know, Maggie. Yeah. Maggie's a good friend of mine. She's so incredible. And then another good friend of mine is Madison Love, who just wrote the new Bad Things Camila Cabello record. And um, Emily Warren, who is just absolutely killing it, doing everything, you know, from like the Chainsmokers to Astrid to like whatever she really, you know, a lot of uh, amazing stuff. Um, So I'm just, yeah, I just feel really lucky to be like walking in the same footsteps of some really amazing women in the industry that are doing some cool stuff. Yeah, and coming from the X Factor before that, where do you where do you really feel like wow like I learned how to actually do things because you're talking about how NYU taught you like the entrepreneurial side yeah totally. where do you feel like you were really just woken up the most? Um, I mean, honestly, I would probably say that my my experience on um, the X Factor was definitely the sort of confirmation that I wanted to be in the music industry just just like the crazy hustle and bustle of it and just like all the interviews and the talking and everything that you had to do. I was like, this industry is beyond insane and like fucked up, but I want to, it's something that I like want to be a part of. Um, and then NYU is really where 
I like had the confirmation about wanting to be a, an artist myself and, and songwriter as well. What do you think is just like the most fucked up thing about the music industry or this life that you're just like are in now? What is like the yeah. worst? I think the worst part of it is sort of just this social media generation that we live in. And there's just a lot of um, false perceptions of, of what beauty really is and what happiness looks like. And, you know, apps like Instagram, which are the most amazing, like it's my favorite app of all time. But at the same time, it's only really people are only posting the moments where they, you know, look amazing. And really, we're probably just in bed in our sweatpants eating popcorn and like probably crying. <laughs> like posting this photo of a time that we looked really good or you know really happy and it's it's not necessarily the truth and and I think definitely as a female it's a lot more difficult to sort of exist in the pop space right now because like you need to be sexy but not too sexy because you want you know you want the girls to not be jealous of you but you don't you know but you don't want their the girls boyfriends or girlfriends or whatever to think that you know, they want you like it's just you, there's just this like constant um, sort of awareness of riding this fine line of like being just sort of the perfect balance of things when like that's just not real. And that's not reality at all. Yeah, because when I was reading up on your time on X Factor, I, it makes me think I was reading about like someone who interviewed Simon Cowell. This was like a Hollywood reporter wrap up of the episode about like when you guys like were off the show and it it was something to the effect of like oh were they like too pretty or like for girls to relate to people were like saying that could have been why like Lakota Rain got mm. voted off the show <laughs> like that's crazy that you can't you, you have to be like too pretty but you have to gauge it perfectly so like these fans up out there will apparently think like it's like safe enough Exactly, exactly. Like you want to be approachable, you want to be beautiful, you want to be funny, but you know, not like too, you know, it's just, it's it's weird. It's a very weird thing. Um, and just sort of like always having your brand and your aesthetic and everything together. I just like, I just want to post about mac and cheese and nachos. Like, <laughs> I don't know, we should be able to do that. But it doesn't, food never looks good on Instagram unless you're a professional <laughs> photographer. It usually looks absolutely disgusting. <laughs> And it must anyway. be, I take it it is because you've gone solo. Is it a lot easier doing all this on your own versus with two, three other women? I think there's definitely something to be said about women being in a group because you lift each other up and you're going through the same experiences. But at the end of the day, you know, you always just kind of have yourself to rely on. And, um, you know, that's that's a this is a journey that I wanted to take by myself. And I'm really happy that I that I decided to do that. Yeah, and before X Factor, what what were you doing as far as music? Like, where do you go back to? Well, I've so I've been classically trained vocally since I was five years old. Um, so I, my background started with opera training, actually, um, and uh, I took lessons in every single instrument. I played drums and clarinet and flute and piano and guitar, and I was not good at any of it. Like, I actually started singing because my piano teacher, when I was uh, five years old said to my mom they're like it's taken her six months to learn how to play Mary had a little lamb and she still doesn't have it and we have a we have a show next week I think she should just try singing it and so I had somebody else play it and I sang it and I liked it I liked it way more than playing the piano so it was just something that uh you know it was the one thing that always really stuck with me and then I started writing probably when I was about 13 years old and when you perform now do you perform with an instrument 
Um, I I don't personally play an instrument. I just kind of like to keep stay in like my own sort of world. I use a voice live touch and a, and, a, mm. and my own sample pad, so I can like trigger off some cool um, samples from from the production and the songs. But uh, yeah, I have a, a guy that plays a, a guitar and a dude that plays the drums with a, mm. a sample pad as well, so we can kind of give it that full sort of feel. To yeah. The music. And like, how how long have you? Because is your live show still evolving? Because like you've how like how long have you been playing live as Fletcher? The live show is always evolving. I mean, I I just started playing live. I, so my first show that I did was at um, was at the Saint in Asbury Park, and then I performed at the Stone Pony in Asbury Park. All right, and, it's a good place to start. Yeah, which was really fun because there's just so much. It's so you know. Um, rich with you know music um from the past and um yeah so that's that's evolving all the time so i'm you know sort of just getting my feet getting my feet wet with the live performance yeah what's what's your vision like if you once once you have more music out and once you can tour bigger and with what your goals are what Mm -hmm. is your vision for like what your show would be i just want it to be just like super fun and colorful and like moody and I I definitely see like a really big band on stage and like a huge drum section like big ass drums like the biggest drums you've ever seen in your life and like a a string section would be sick because there is a lot of like string stuff in my music and um I just want it to be I want it to be like an experience for for people. You know, I want the live show to definitely be a part of it. And I want people to be singing along the words with me and, you know, just like rubbing war paint on their face or whatever it is. I just want it to just be like a big celebration of, you know, loving yourself and loving all the people that are in the room around you and just bringing people together for a good cause, like for good pop music. Yeah, have you seen any like big shows? Could be pop or you know hip hop, rock, whatever. Who have inspired you lately? Who in, who are kind of informing this vision you have of what you want to do? Um, yeah. So I saw um, I saw the last a couple of the last shows that I saw in LA. I'm trying to think. I like see so many random shows. Um, I just, I mean, I've always been a really, really big fan of of Lord's live show. Though she, it's like pretty minimalistic, uh, instrumental wise. I just think like the lighting is amazing always in her shows, and just the way that she sort of is just like so in her world and like doing just like strange dances, but it looks so badass. Um, I think what she's doing is really amazing. I think Tavlo's live setup is mm-hmm. really cool, and she does a, a kick ass job of like really incorporating the audience and. Um. Yeah, I don't know. I think I'm just gonna like pull from some of my favorite live shows that I've seen and artists, and just kind of like make a Fletcher world out of that. Yeah, and I'm familiar with both of those you mentioned, especially Lore, because when she started off, we're talking about this progression. She was more that dancing wasn't even really there yet. She was more yeah. or less standing up at a mic, mm-hmm. singing songs. Mm-hmm. As she toured more and more behind Pure Heroin, the dancing became more pronounced. My favorite album. Yeah, and then now it seems like the, with the with green light and the new project she's dropping, the new album, bigger dance songs. So mm-hmm. I would imagine definitely bigger dance songs, and um, and uh, she's just like I feel like really just getting so comfortable in her own skin, and like it's totally translating like through the video that she just put out too. She also just looks stunning. 
Um, but yeah, and Troy Sivan has a really cool live show too. Like he has the um, like the house like sort of light lit up mm-hmm. behind him, and it just it looks really cool. Yeah, definitely want like visuals to be a part of it as well. Cool. So let's drop in some music. Talked about war paint. Let's drop in a little bit of Princess. Yes. So with Princess, with this other, with this subject who you're talking about in the song, mm-hmm. like the girl who came out to her parents and is mm-hmm. like sleeping over your place because yeah. she can't say is is she the main character in the song or where does this person come from? So there's there's a couple different main characters. So I wrote the song during a time where um, a friend of mine came out to her parents and they kicked her out of her house. I had another friend who um, had just come out as trans and was also kicked out by sort of, uh, you know, it was masked under their parents' like religious beliefs and they were not accepting of the situation. And another friend of mine who um, was, you know, almost lost her battle with uh, an eating disorder. And um, somebody else who was also really close to me whose father was diagnosed with um, stage four lung cancer and, uh, you know, was terminally, diagnosed as terminally ill. And it was just... There were just so many like people around me that were going through such crazy shit that I just really wanted to and I was going through a lot of like inner turmoil myself and like dealing with a lot of different things and I just wanted to sit down and write a song that like regardless of of you know what's going on in your life you know like we don't always end up with a prince charming it might be another princess it might you might never end up with anybody and that's okay like Cinderella doesn't need a prince to save herself she she can do it on her own and that's really what about princess is about and just kind of like flipping the 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 word on its head because we sort of have this previous connotation based off of the movies we've we've watched as little girls and or boys and uh as you know princesses are just people that just like are you know they need to be rescued and they're they're small and they're petite and they need help and um they're beautiful and you know like that's that's not what real life is um and you don't have to look like that or be like that or have a story like that to be a princess it can kind of go out however the hell you want it to. <laughs> yeah, and all of that's manifested in the video. Yeah, and so so that the video, I really wanted to to capture those sort of like different stories there, um, and sort of bring them together, all leading into the sort of ending, overall feeling that we're all going through shit, but you're not alone. Yeah, and there's so they- people that are going through, you know, sometimes the same things, sometimes different things as you, but we've all been there before, and we're not alone in this world when we do go through those things. So you have a social message to your music and it's, it's, I think kind of varies from song to song, but it seems like a big part of what you do. It definitely is, you know, like female empowerment and, you know, just kind of women lifting up each other and, and talking about the real things in in life and, you know, and not, not it being so like, Oh, like, woe is us? Like, sad somber dramatic like we have problems it's about like needing those problems to to you know make yourself stronger and they're part of our stories and what makes us unique and different and who we are um and i think that that's important thing to like keep talking about you know and like keep definitely keep you know bringing to the table and stuff yeah and 
in your time in the music industry, which you know, however you, however you define music industry, could go back to when you were little. <laughs> how have you noticed how women are treated? Is there anything like that jumps out at you? Fully. Um, I mean, I think it also goes back to like where we are, sort of in this political climate. Um, you know, women are just. Um, sort of identified as like sex objects and sort of people that um, opinions maybe aren't necessarily as important or it's definitely just always been like a negative sort of connotation of, of the past it's just like you know it goes back to what I was saying before like be sexy but not too sexy be funny but not too funny you know be um, all be skinny but like have an ass and have boobs Um, And it's like we all look different. We all have different things to say. We all, you know, but we all sort of just have this one common goal of just wanting to sort of band together and like raise our voices and and, and let, you know, everyone, not just men, let everyone know that, you know, we are we are here and we are important. And um, yeah, I'm just I just I'm tired of just women being just like looked at as as uh just sort of symbols of sex like there's there's so much more yeah than that yeah have you seen it getting better lately oh a hundred percent I totally have and and um I mean I personally because I think that 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 women are like standing up for themselves and being like you know I I'm here for a reason and like you you know you can't stop me and uh, I'm not gonna be silent yeah which is cool Mm -hmm. (laughs) definitely there's definitely been a lot of that. <laughs> so we're going to pick up this conversation, but going to drop in a little word from our sponsors here. So let's see. What else should we talk about? I heard you were in the studio um, oh, lately. Yeah. Oh, I've been in the studio a lot lately. So not just lately. Uh, no, not just lately, but I've definitely been, I've been writing a ton of songs. Um, so I just uh, made a little bit of a move to L.A. two months ago, and I've been writing a ton of stuff there. Yeah, so definitely have some good stuff coming. Yeah, so what does it sound like? Who are you working with, if anyone? Yeah, I've been working with some really, really amazing producers and writing for some cool artists as well. That's something that I also like to do. Is mm-hmm. um, I think it's I was a mental health studies minor at NYU, so I just think it's very mm-hmm. interesting to sort of tap into the mind space of of other people, and I think I'm able to do that well as an artist because I understand from the artist's perspective too. Um, but yeah, I've been working with some amazing people. It sounds sort of just like a more mature version of Fletcher. I've like been through some more experiences, um, had some, you know, I have some new things to talk about and, you know, new things that I've learned. So just moving forward, just continuing to just evolve. Yeah, because yeah, it's just an evolving sound always. I'm still figuring it out too. What what exactly the sound's gonna be? Um, but it, it'll be, you'll still be able to tell it to me. Because, <laughs> <laughs> like, War Paint has been out for a little bit and mm-hmm. was, I'm sure, written at least a few months' time to gestate, to grow before that, before you actually even put it out into the world. Yeah. So I guess the world hasn't really heard too much of what you've gone through in maybe the past year or so because that music hasn't come out yet. Mm-hmm. Totally. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's um, the, the music kind of just, like, 
has to get the whole process prepped before a song goes out. So there's definitely been a lot that's happened since then. And so I'm excited to sort of tell those stories. And you mentioned that you've considered selling war paint for another artist at first. Uh, and now it seems like you're more into, like you held that for yourself and now you're into writing some stuff for other people. And Yeah, I, I actually, I never was planning on selling art, uh, war paint to anybody else. That song mm-hmm. was always just like a song for me. Um, the stuff that I wrote in Nashville and everything was always music for me. I kind of just know when I go into a room after the first couple minutes of starting to write a song, if it's something that I would want to release or if I could picture it or, you know, if I'm in with somebody else or I could picture it for somebody else, just kind of go with the flow of that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I want to talk more about what you said about mental health studies and how that relates to collaboration. Mm. Because that's because I don't really hear a lot. I think a lot of people are interested in that stuff, but I don't really hear too much about musicians who have actually like studied it in length like that and applying something outside of music to to making music like that. So how does that come into play? Um, it's been really interesting. It was definitely like really worth my while to study mental health, to study mental health. The reason why I did it at first, because um, I grew up as a little girl with really bad um, OCD and anxiety. And I kind of just wanted to understand that further and like ways that I could sort of help myself um, and that was so important to me because it, it was like at a really high peak while I was in college. And I think that was because of like different transitions. It was a transitional phase for me and leaving home and, and whatnot. And it, it was a really, it was difficult. Um, but it's it's been really interesting for me to now apply that, I guess, into different social settings. It's not something that I'm ever really consciously doing though because it's just sort of like, I just feel like I am able to really just get a vibe for like what people are feeling and like pick up on certain social cues. Um, Yeah. Yeah. It's more, I feel like innate than it is then I'm like, Oh, I'm going to analyze this person right now and figure out exactly who they are. And then we're going to write about that. You know, it's just sort of more of a, it's sort of just been like a helpful tool for me, for myself personally, mostly. Um, but also Definitely in like the studio too. Yeah, are you into personality types? I'm yeah, I am into personality types. Yeah, so you can sort of like get a read on a musician, sort of get an idea for how they work, and use that to help out the process. Well, I'm 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 a Pisces, so I'm very much like I'm I'm a this is a good and a bad thing, but I'm a chameleon. I'm Mm -hmm. definitely like a social chameleon. So if I'm in a setting with somebody's who who's really like shy and kind of awkward and uncomfortable i sort of tend to start getting that way or yeah, if take i'm the, oh okay no i start to like oh, that, that's okay. what i'm saying is that like i sort of like take on just like people's energies like mm-hmm. i pick them up really really easily or from with somebody that's like outgoing and loud and funny and whatever then like i'm able to 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 be that way too and it's, it's a it's a good and a bad thing it's like bitten like bites me in the ass sometimes um, like I obviously definitely have my own personality and it like comes out when I'm with like the people that I love and I'm I'm closest to and like talking about what I'm passionate about. But um, yeah, I'm like, I can read a situation yeah. really easily and just kind of like go with the vibe. But sometimes it's a little bit difficult when you're like really with someone really quiet because then I'm like thinking of what <laughs> I'm going to say next and it all just sounds like shit in my head. When you like think about it, you're like, I need to think of another question. Like, yeah, that's so yeah. anxious and going anxiety provoking. 
And going around doing stuff like you're doing now with like going to different places and playing music and doing interviews, probably being able to adapt to those different situations really, really comes in handy. Because you're just you're not just like a lot of people work sitting at a desk doing a thing. You're just out in the world just kind of improving. Exactly. And it's just the kind of thing that you just figure it out as you go, you know, just as long as you could just like be a good person, be stay grounded, be humble, be polite, say hello, introduce yourself to people regardless of what your status is. You know, you should never assume that somebody knows who you are. Um, I think, you know, being being grounded really takes people a long way. Yeah, and with introductions, do you find now more people calling you Fletcher or your first name too? What's that like? Yeah, no, people definitely call me Fletcher more. I think like some of my my close friends, like when we're in sort of a more business setting than a social setting, um, they struggle with being like they're like uh, Fletcher, Fletcher. I can, can you come meet this person? Whatever. It's really funny, but definitely more people call me Fletcher than than Carrie. So just the continuation of the volleyball team. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. It's like it's like volleyball in the real world. <laughs> yeah, let's drop in some more music. Let's drop in Live Young, Die Free. Are, there, are you planning on doing any more videos for the songs on the Finding Fletcher EP, or is it going to be more like album after this? Yeah, the, definitely moving into to album territory and some new music after this. So I'm looking really, really forward to that, to doing some um, new you know, visual content for, for the future Fletcher songs. I think mm-hmm. it's going to be exciting. And when can fans expect to hear new music? Um, so I'm really just, you know, working, working my butt off right now for everything, you know, for all the new music that's coming and, um, hopefully, you know, to have a a new song out in the next couple months is what I'm going for next two to three months. Word. Are you in the label hunt too? Um, you know, I'm, I am always like very receptive of, of, you know, conversations and, and hearing feedback and listening to people. But, um, I've uh, I, I started this thing on my own and just really have, you know, been able to sort of w- build up a buzz around the music. And that's something that I think, you know, we're in a really exciting time right now for independent artists with streaming services like Spotify and Apple Music and um, Tidal or, or whatever it is, it's especially Spotify. I think it's really given light to this sort of new era of independent artists being able to really just be given an equal platform to have their music out there and have their music be heard and I think that that's really really important and I'm very grateful for especially Spotify rallying behind the project um so yeah I'm just gonna keep doing me keep doing Fletcher um and just whatever whatever happens happens yeah and you caught on Spotify like really fast and really big yeah, they they um, heard War Paint before, you know, when it just started like getting kind of to be a buzzy track. And they're like, hey, we love this. You know, we love the message. We love what it's about. Um, and that was that was, you know, the most meaningful thing to me to have like my first song out there in the world be heard by so many people. And it's, you know, my most streamed song today, which is pretty cool. 
Yeah. And it's like whenever someone, like an artist, is starting a new project, they it's important for a way usually to break through. And there's all sorts of ways to do it. And it seems like for you, like streaming was your thing. Yeah. To- streaming was totally, totally my thing. It was a, it gave me that outlet to sort of make a name for myself and make a, make some, make some ripples. Yeah. <laughs> like if you were thinking about like the, the Clive Davis program at NYU, like if you were going back to, speak to students and like give advice about like for you it was streaming for some other people it's like a video or a sync or something or maybe just like a review or some viral moment what would you tell them about like kind of breaking through or how streaming helped you um I would probably I would probably you know definitely talk about what you just said how every situation is kind of different like you know for me it was it was streaming for Troy Sivan he you know really got his name out there via YouTube first and like took off in that way um, Maggie Rogers my, my friend had a had that viral moment with Pharrell that really sort of um, made Alaska get the ears that it was deserving of um, and I just think that it's a different situation for everybody and to not be like afraid or, or, or think that, you know, certain platforms are like not good or not um, sort of the best approach for you. I would just say just like put your stuff out there and, and, and you know, see how people react, see how your family and your friends react and what they what they're loving and, and what their feedback is. And at the end of the end of the day, like you just have to be happy with the content that you're making and something that's an authentic representation of who you are as a person. And, and, and it, you know, by sharing that with people and if it takes, you know, if it takes on and like I mean, it takes off. Um, I mean, as long as it's just really you, I think that's like the best the best way to sort of um, the key to success is just kind of just roll with yourself from the beginning and people will love you for that. Yeah. So there's definitely a lot of different ways to break through. Uh-huh, totally. What, what about versus just like playing live a lot? Because that could be seen as kind of old timey or the way things used to be. Because a lot of the things we just named were like, you know, um, a video or being big on streaming or having like a sync or like a viral video. What about just like, do you think it's still like a a way that works now to just think like, oh, I want to get out there by just playing a ton of shows. I think I think that you can't ignore the social media and digital aspect of the music industry because that's, you know, where so much of the success is. But also at the same time, touring is like a huge part of an artist's career. It's where you make your money. Um, it's it's definitely really, really important. And I think, you know, for artists that want to be playing live and like have their live show be a big part of it, I don't think that, the, you know, that's a, if you want to be on the road and you want to be touring, there is totally ways to make that happen. And then and that's what you should be doing. But I do think that you like can't be, you know, blind to what what is happening um, like online because that's, you know, on, that's just where the, the, the music industry is. Um but yeah, I just remember when like Ho- I always say his name wrong. Hosier, 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 yeah, Hosier. So I remember when his song like first started blowing up. So many industry people were saying his live show is like killer. You have mm-hmm. to see him live. You have to see him live. And uh, that is such a real attraction and like a real thing for people to 
to go like where they fall fall in love with an artist for the first time even if they've heard their music a billion times so yeah totally important yeah yeah and it's like I think it's like you, the first thing you said when I asked that was like that like the social the the tech whatever you want to call it that like online aspect of it is still so important because I feel like someone could like have a killer live show and play live so much and spends like a lot of time and resources touring a lot but it's like if you're trying to like get noticed but you're not don't have some sort of like online presence that everyone can see it's sort of like a tree falling on the forest well exactly and then it's like how do people even know where to go find you next where are you what are you doing like how can I come see you live how am, how are they even hearing about a person being so good live because it's it's online it's not via word of mouth I mean people live all over the world you're not it's not it spreads in a, in a different way you know online like has the ability to take off like wildfire yeah mm-hmm. yeah it's it's cool hearing about like being taught this and like like your school experience because like I never actually studied any of this I sort of just like did like internships and like freelance and just sort of came into it roundabout so it's it, it's interesting hearing about like teaching young people coming up how to do it these days yeah I, I also definitely think that experience is, is still the most important thing um, education is incredibly important but you learn the most sort of real life lessons that you can apply to real life situations when you're actually in them mm-hmm. um and so you know going to the clive davis institute it definitely like prepped me with a lot of like really amazing knowledge but it's you know when you're actually able to use that and you know i did a lot of different internships too so it's, it's all about like the real life experience that is definitely the most important part where were they if, if you care to share sure yeah um so i interned for a company called heavy duty which is a um a music music publishing and and sync company so i worked on a lot of those um like did a lot of projects with sync um and licensing and then i also worked um interned for a managing company i was at troy carter adam factory troy's now at spotify and um the woman that i actually worked for that i interned for directly is ty Glorious, who um i'm i'm working with her management team now which Mm -hmm. i think is so funny everything comes full circle um and yeah, those were my uh, music publishing slash sync internship and a, and a management internship. Yeah, so to kind of tie things together, a lot of good advice I feel like is coming out of this. So if there's anything that we haven't really touched on yet, like advice, like if you were talking to someone like a little, not as long as you are, like I said, going back to talk to the kids at NYU, mm-hmm. what's something that we haven't touched on yet that you would want to pass along? Um. I think don't be afraid of collaborations, you know, really just putting your putting yourself out there. And that was something that was hard for me to do because, you know, you're like I was kind of shy and sort of nervous that like what I had maybe wasn't necessarily really good or like people didn't want to work with me because they already had their own stuff going. But just kind of like really putting yourself out there and and, uh, you know, collaborating with people and and listening to people that have been through experiences and being receptive to feedback and and open to criticism, I think is is important. But at the same time, like, yes, other people's opinions are are you know are like good sometimes. Um, never really, you can't ever really lose sight of of who you are and what you want to represent and talk about. Um, 
because at the end of the day, like you are yourself and, and nobody can ever take that away from you and just kind of just stand your ground and talk about what you want to talk about and just be real. And, uh, you know, you can't really go wrong with that. Words to live by. <laughs> well, thanks so much for coming by, Fletcher. This was fun. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me, Chris. This was fun. <laughs> And thanks again, Fletcher. Thanks for coming by. All the music you heard in this episode was from that EP, Finding Fletcher, that we've been talking about. All the music you heard in the podcast, besides, obviously, the little bits of Lord and Maggie Rogers music that we played when we talked about their songs. But the rest of it was all stuff from Finding Fletcher, the EP. Six songs long. Uh, check it out. There's banjo going on, like we discussed, and a lot else think there's a lot of really interesting sounds she's flexing across that EP so uh, yeah get excited for that full length she's working on and uh, yeah I think she really has it together the steps she's taken with that solo career since the X Factor group online how she puts herself out there with the videos what she's doing with Spotify I think is really interesting so hope you came away inspired with Fletcher as far as general podcast pop shop podcast items Keith and Katie will be back with their episode in a few days their news, charts, interviews, pop shop episode. Next, you'll hear from me on the headliner interview. Be back in a couple weeks with a talk with a band called Hey Violet. Maybe you heard of them. If not, check them out. They're awesome. Check them out in the meantime. And keep it here. Rate us, subscribe to Pop Shop Podcasts, and we'll talk soon. <laughs> <laughs>